Know that when you're in a breakup, you are temporarily mentally insane. It's clinical. You are insane right now. Your thoughts are not working. They're not working and they're not helping you and you are making stuff up. They're not to be trusted. You are insane for a period of time. Yeah, just know that. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. We're not for everyone. We're an existential commentary podcast hosted by one hater and one lover. I'm the hater and Jess is the lover. Hi, Jess. Hi. Hi, hi. (laughs) Hi, Caroline. What's going on? Girl, I'm fucking stoked to do this episode. We're doing a special episode today on breakups. It's breakup season. Everybody's fucking talking about them. I'm surrounded by them right now. And I'm like, yeah, hoping that they, you know, hoping to protect myself. But I've been through many a breakup at this time of year. Dude. It's topical. Oh, it's the only time I've never been with someone in a springtime season. I'm always single by the end. I, I feel 100%. defined. I truly like so much of my identity is attached to breakups. Oh, I already have so much to say. I already have so much to say. But like, I'm excited because it's it's gonna it's gonna be good stuff. And if you're listening to this, you're probably feeling terrible right now. Um, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna talk about it. Yeah. Yes. We got you. We, we got fucking you. got you. We have so much to say. I totally agree with what you just said. Like breakups are so identity defining in a good way. Whether we want in them to be way. or not, you never do. Bitch, you're gonna grow. You don't want to give them that much power, you know, but it's a cool thing because it's actually giving yourself power. We'll get there. We'll I mean, mostly it. nobody wants to hear that. That is comforting to no person when they're in a breakup. <laughs> exactly. You're like, bitch, I don't want to grow. I just want to be with my person. It's so not comforting, but like they happen, like loss happens. The thing you don't want happens sometimes. And the truth is that like, you do not grow when everything is going well. You do not change. You have no reason to change when everything is perfect. You only grow. You only change. Good things only come out of like a time of friction. It's going to be beautiful things ahead. I'm screaming. Sorry. No, I don't I'm also. <laughs> tell them. Tell, okay. Just tell them. Just put it right okay, out there. This yeah. is not intentional. I am. I am. I am moderately on shrooms at the moment. I Moderately. What does moderately on streams mean? I didn't take that much. It was a couple hours ago. I'm coming down. I'm mostly just excited to talk. I I would say I'm actually sober. I would say I'm sober. You seem um <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't. You seem you seem just no, you you could be sober right now. You're just at the heightened side of your emotions enthusiasm, which we fucking love to see. Yes. I mean, why not? It's a Saturday. We're vibing out. I blow dried my hair. She like she looks we're so both, hot. I look fucking we crazy. We both showed up for this. Dude, I am scream I'm yelling so much. I'm always screaming, but like Jess and I are always trying to figure out what is wrong with my audio on the podcast. And I think it's just I'm so loud. I've turned the volume all the way down. I it, the volume doesn't go lower on my mic. I just, this is just how I talk. It's literally like at a setting that would be muted for anyone else. I think it's on mute. I'm on mute. I know. I know. Listen, we've tried everything. We don't know what to do. This is why you're here though. You came here for the loud Caroline. Yeah. That's who we all know and love. She's fucking here. She's here to stay. She's here to stay. There's a microphone here and y'all are going to pay the price for it. Before we get to breakups. Yeah. I would love... I would love to jump in with a little segment up top. Um, give me that. Give me that. 
So somebody left a comment. I love inspiring my segments by comments that we get because I just, I just think people like they're getting us and they're showing us that they see us. I feel like we're on the same page. And somebody left a comment a couple of days ago that said that Jess, me, is giving such ENFJ energy and Caroline is giving such INFJ energy. And that's why we work together. What the heck and is so that? My segment, my segment is called, it's larger than that, but it's called love it or hate it because we got a lover here and a hater here. And I wanted to ask you something I don't know about you, which is, do you buy into like the personality types stuff? Myers-Briggs test? Like, do you enjoy that stuff? Do you ever do that stuff? Do you think it's bullshit? Love it or hate it? Personality types. What do you think? Bitch, immediately love it. Yeah. I almost, I also won't get married to any of them because I do find them like the truth is we are all so, wow. I have a million things to say. Yeah. We're there is no self. <laughs> there's no self. Uh-huh. Like, there's the shrooms. There's there the shrooms. There is no self. Well, as soon as you try to tie yourself to an identity, like it's so limiting. I'm different with my family. I'm different with my friends. I'm different on the day. And everyone is. Yep. You know, um, so that's the obviously the problem. It never fits that much, but there are some, but I also do them all the time. I did a paid one like two days ago. Oh, I love that. And and um I think they're fun. If you get something from it, you get something from it. If it resonates, if it gives you insight, amazing. I send them to people I'm dating. Sometimes I make people, I've gone on like one date with take them. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like I think they're fun. You can be many, you can be many things across a spectrum. Yeah. So I'm not like religious about them, Totally. you know, whatever. So that's my thing. Yeah. If it, if it, if there's anyone out there, and I don't think most people operate this way, but there, if there's anyone out there that's operating like, I'm an ENFJ, and so I only do these things, that's fucking crazy. Don't do that. They are because they, they're leaving comments on my YouTube videos. People are always asking People are always asking what my what my type is, and I'm, I'm not offended by the question. It is fun to talk about. I actually don't know. I can't remember. And everyone says something to everyone is like, you are this, which I feel like, ju- or people trying to guess my sign, my star sign. Yep. And I was like, you must be this. Which I do feel like, unfortunately, goes to show how, like, they're kind of flimsy if everyone thinks I'm something Something different. different. Yep. Well, I even think that it can oscillate over time, like, change over time a little bit. Maybe certain- Yeah, bitch, I'm fluid. You know, and you could take the test on one day and it gives you ENTJ, but then- Totally. Every other day it would be ENFJ, whatever. Girl, tell me what your letters mean. So this person pegged me. I am an ENFJ. Um, I've taken the test- a f- several times and I got some notes. Yes, I pulled up some notes yes. about that. And then I also pulled up notes about the thing they guessed you are. Um, Can I say r- real quick pause? Yeah. As soon as you started saying this person said that you have this energy and you started saying letters, I, I was just like, oh, BDE. Yeah, she is BDE. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, no, she's talking about something else. But I also want to say that your your personality type is, is big dick energy. Stop it. I'm in love. I'm in <laughs> I'm in love with you. That is the best compliment I've ever been given. Next time someone asks your Myers-Briggs, just be like, I'm BDE, oh, bitch. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I mean, like, I feel that within myself, but you can't say it about yourself. The fact that you just said it about me, I mean, I don't know. I call if- it like I see it. I'm calling dicks like I see them out here. Okay? Uh, thank you so much. Love it or hate it. You said you love it. I would agree with everything you said. Here's what an ENFJ is described as on the... 16 personalities like website which is one of the kind of official myers-briggs like it's a legit place it's not it's not like some stupid <laughs> it's a legit 
legit place. It's a legit place. A it's a website. You can go to it. Okay. It's a website. <laughs> As if that means something. No, it's on the internet. Um, okay. ENFJ is the protagonist personality type. Okay. Main character energy. Thank you. Thank you. And it's extroverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging are the tr- are the key traits. These she is feeling as hell. Oh, she's a feeler before anything else. Um, these warm, forthright types love helping others and they tend to have strong ideas and values. They back their perspective with the creative energy to achieve their goals. I feel like, yeah, right? Um, right. <laughs> we're done. So we're done. This person really saw me. Um, there was something else on the website that was like, ENFJs are really rare. And I was like, me? So that makes you feel good. Special. That made me feel special. Um, INFJ, which is what they guessed for you, but I would love for you to like take a quiz in the next couple weeks and report back. Yeah. Okay. This person thought you're an INFJ. So everything is the same as mine, except introverted instead of extroverted. (gasps) But everything else is intuitive, feeling, judging. Those are the same. They judging emphasis on judging. (laughs) Mine's emphasis on feeling. Just a J. I'm just an. I'm an IJ. IJ. IJ, introverted, introverted judger. Um, They tend to approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination. Their inner vision, personal values, and a quiet, principled version of humanism guide them in all things. It felt good. It also is a prison. Yeah, it's also a prison. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. There was also something under yours that said they, oh, it's a quote that I guess is like relevant of INFJs. Why for one... For yours, they gave a stat about the frequency. And for me, they're like, just a quote. Just a quote. Here you go. But listen, it made me feel it was true. It says, treat people as if they were what they ought to be. And you help them to become what they are capable of being. Mm. So like, if you treat people as like the best version of themselves, then you will help them to actually become that best version. I think you probably don't do that for everyone because you only have so much energy. Do I do that for anyone? Do it for me. Do I do that for you're just a you're just a star that's why no i think i treat people as the worst version of themselves oh i feel like it's a great quote i maybe i just get a i just get a like special reserved version of you all to myself you're an angel you're just an angel i'd be an idiot not to know you're an angel yeah well there we go so that's that's the segment really is just sharing our personality types even though we don't know if that's actually yours uh we do approve of myers-briggs you know take it with a grain of salt do you like horoscopes i feel like that's a little more controversial astrology signs listen i like all of it i think all of it's fun um but i'm not that into it as some people are if you're asking i'm a virgo you're a virgo yeah oh because you just missed i thought you were a leo because you're august i'm on the cusp but you're on the cusp yeah all of my friends are virgos all of my friends are virgos this makes a lot of sense i'm a cancer what does it mean i'm a feeler water sign um okay very emotional the thing is i'm like but i'm fucking emotional am i not you know i'm the most emotional it's like my biggest problem we're all everything but the difference is kind of like how you show up in the world versus what your internal world is this is where astrology gets into like everybody has their main sign that everybody knows about associated with their birthday it's your sun sign okay yours is virgo mine is cancer but then you have a whole chart that is like your moon sign your rising sign there's all you can get into like a lot more detail and all of those additional signs in your chart describe like they put together a picture of who you are as a whole so yeah people too often associate with just their sun sign i guess but it's Mm -hmm. only 
That one is like how you present in the world. Exactly. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. I have always been like at a cursory level, like, okay, I'm aware I'm a cancer. It's an emotional sign. Works for me. I cry all the time. But (laughs) when I got really into astrology, it was a few years ago when I was going through my like major breakup Mm. and I feel like that is a common trend at least amongst millennial women totally millennial straight women I'll speak for my own demographic because I know it's it's hard sometimes to be inclusive of everybody but um we we really love an astrological like breakdown of something when we're going through it when we're going through a breakup dude yeah we're all I mean I do think that astrology is the new religion that's a big statement I like it (laughs) yeah i'm not saying and what i mean by that is that like religion historically provided a comfort a structure a set of rules a set of values that gave people a lot of comfort and for many years um i don't associate with an organized religion anymore but i do appreciate how it provides those things to a lot of people and as um so many people have like not found a fit in organized religion we still like humans are still comforted by those things by structure by value set by whatever yeah when you're in a time of crisis like everyone is looking for what's the thing to believe in right now um yes whether you're going through a breakup or a loss or just a life transition like what's the thing i believe in like what makes this all make sense if if religion is helpful for you do it do it if astrology is helpful do it like it, it i don't care what people do why would i give a shit but i do think it's like that's the thing people are looking oh yeah it serves a purpose even if the purpose is only for like a period of time and then it loses meaning for you whatever it served what it served okay let's just do it because i think we have so much to talk about this is our kind of first time that we're really going into an episode with a planned topic that we thought about a little bit that we asked for some input on I like we actually thought about this. yeah I like that we haven't I mean I think that might surprise people I think people assume that we plan our like you know the the crux of our episodes we don't no if I (laughs) yeah I'll tell yeah if if there's something I do want to talk about like sometimes I think of a topic that's like I'm like that's a good rant topic and I will write it in a private note so Jess can't see it because I do not want her to know ahead of time even for my notes that I have about breakups I don't want just to know because it's still just live conversation and who knows where we'll end up. I'll end up screaming at some point, but um, yeah, we'll just see where it takes us. So we kind of segmented this into a few categories that were commonly asked about when we ran a poll and we added our own on Instagram yes, on Caroline's Instagram. We tried to sequence them in a way that like flows from maybe when you're thinking about breaking up with someone or like pre someone breaking up with you all the way through, you know, it happening and what happens afterwards. That was a great setup. I'm already, I was like, wow, she killed that setup. Thank thank you so much. I love an outline. I love to give people. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I'm just, I'm just over here talking. I fucking love an outline. Yeah. We'd be nowhere without you, without your relational skills. We'd be nowhere. We don't do outlines. We don't do outlines ever, but if we're going to do an episode that's topic related, then we're going to do an outline. Then Jess is going to do it. Why are you saying we? Jess is going to do it. I have bullets. I have bullets. Okay. So the first category that we're going to start out with is how do you know when to leave? A lot of people are asking about that. Yo, dog. Caroline, I think you have more to say on that one than I do, (laughs) I'm assuming. I have 
mostly been broken up with as opposed to breaking up with someone. So I feel like this is a question coming from the perspective of I'm going to, I'm the one in control. I'm the one choosing this. I'm the one making the decision. Um, but how do I know if it's the right decision or not? And that's something I've had less experience with. So what's your take? And, And we can go from there. Okay. Little context. Um, I've talked about this a bit on YouTube. I've been like chronically through breakups, most of them with one person. He and I broke up seven times over six years. Yeah, it's toxic. I figured it out. It's toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, I only broke up with him one time. Um, he would continuously break up with me. So that's fucking crazy. And of course, it was it was not for no reason. You know, we had a real friendship. Mm-hmm. There was some stuff going on, and it's for the best that we're not together. But um, this question about like, how do you know when it's time to leave is something that I felt myself battling with all the time, whether he was breaking up with me or not. Like it, um, either way, whether I was the one breaking up with him, I was always trying to figure out like, is it enough to stay in this place? Cause it obviously something wasn't working. And um, all that to say, I've, I've done a lot of time in breakups, a lot of time in breakups. And um, partially, I think the the one of the answers that was most helpful for me was noting like whatever the core problem is like or the problems that you're having in a relationship are they not progressing do you keep kind of ending up in the same conversation on the same mm. is it the same thing is it the same thing and it it looks a little different it makes a little progress but it's not real progress like do you keep coming back to the same thing it doesn't matter whose fault it is maybe there is no fault if it is not able to evolve and and you're thinking about it and it's coming up and it's obviously still a problem that is a that is a big that can be a big sign um i'm all of this i'm i'm just talking out of my ass but that is something that i i think i heard someone saying that and it really resonated for where i was in this relationship where you're like going over at the same conversation or maybe you kind of like table the issue, but then it comes up again and it's, you're not really, it's just a theme. It's like a theme is the problem thematic. Yep. I guess what I would add to that is like, is it a recurring problem that is a problem around something that is like a priority to you or really like a, a deal breaker to you or, or something? Because I think in some situations, my therapist used to always tell me when I was in the relationship that ended a couple years ago, like couples always come back to the same problems. She said it as though it was like a normal thing, even for a healthy, long lasting couple. I think it can be. There's always like a a main thing that they're going to struggle with, like thematically. Right. And so I don't necessarily think that's always bad, but if it's something that I think the key of what you're saying is like, if it's something that you're not making any progress on, you're not able to work on and talk about with your partner and feel like, okay, we're at least on the same page and like both committed to trying harder on this. And if it's something that is like really critical to you, like, yeah, like something that is a core value or a core need or Something that's making you ask the question of breaking up. I mean, yeah, like right. every if it every, rises to that level. Yeah. Every couple, like the nature of trying to bring two disparate personalities together, two different agendas, that is gonna be a struggle like a whole lifetime. But I'm assuming if there's if you're showing up here and you're asking that question, is it worth breaking up over? Like, 
it's reached a point where it is it's almost become a character in your relationship. Mm. There's like this that fight we keep having this specific thing. We cannot agree to even disagree on. Like we keep having disagreements about this thing. Yeah. That is a good clarification. I feel like there can be like thematic, maybe thematic isn't helpful, but thematic around like an actual fight, something that is like people, someone's not at peace with. Right. Right. I think another good question to ask yourself is, is this something that is like internal to our relationship or is it something external? Like are, is the fight that always happens about like our dynamic with each other, our compatibility, the things that we want and need in life from a partner, et cetera? Or is it like your mom, like your in-laws really frustrating you? And that's still a, very difficult thing to navigate. And in, for some people, it could be a thing that ends up breaking them. But at the same time, it can be helpful to categorize like, okay, that's external versus internal. Now, if the external thing starts to like infiltrate the mind of one of the partners and they are now behaving differently, like it started external, but really it's reflected internally in your relationship like that becomes more serious, but I don't know. I've found that helpful in the past of like, is it us or is it yeah like the circumstances? And then if it's the circumstances, are we on the same page about dealing with those versus if it's us, then there's a little more right um, of a like block there to get through and, and it might not be fixable, you know? That's the thing. I think it's such a tricky line to draw because like um, the circumstances are the circumstances like, right. You know, it's like the reality of what you're living in. It's a whole package. I actually think like there are plenty of reasons um, beyond love and beyond a personality fit that it's like the whole package of living with this person, the whole package of a life. Like, what is the fucking point? The fucking point is to have like a good life. It's just like, we're all going to die. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be like making your life better? Is it going to be lifting both people up? Um, yeah, good point. The whole package. Yeah. It, it's very, it's tough to draw that line. I'm being so vague, but I think one thing I also, that was like revelatory for me, I got hung up for a long time on the question of like, what's normal? Like, what should I, mm. what should I be expecting? Which I like, what's, um, a normal level of affection? What's a normal level of jealousy? What's a normal level of anger? And, even for something neutral, like what's a normal level of Chinese food to eat? It really <laughs> doesn't matter. Normal doesn't matter. It's just like, does it work for you? Forget about fault. Fault doesn't matter. Oh, it's not their fault that this way. It's not their fault, but does it work for you is really the only question. I got really hung up on being like, oh, but um, but I empathize with him for being this way. Or it's like, it's not his fault that it's this way. If it's not normal to you, then it's not normal. Like, If it's not, is it working for you? There's no normal at a macro level. So you have to think about normal for you. If it's not normal for you, if it's not sitting right with you, if it's bothering you, if it's not enough for you, if it, if it's making you feel crazy, you're actually not crazy. One of my guy friends, uh, he's such a like wise one, Tony, if you're listening, he's a, he's like a younger, like young, young buck in my life. Um, he's like 26 and he's so wise. And one time I was like went on a couple dates with someone and something really weird happened um that made me really uncomfortable and 
I was talking to some friends about it to figure out, like, is it normal for me to be uncomfortable about this? Yes, we do that. We all do that. Exactly. And Tony, sweet, sweet Tony, told me, and it was so helpful to hear it from a man, told me if it made you uncomfortable, then it was like point blank, then then it was it was wrong. You're not out here feeling uncomfortable for fun. You're not doing that for your health. You didn't conjure up that feeling for fun. Like it made you feel uncomfortable. Right. Why does it matter if it would have made me feel uncomfortable? It made you feel uncomfortable. So I think that's the problem with normal yeah. is like, why does it matter if it's normal to me? If it's not normal to you, then it's not, it's not it for you. I think the focus is on intentions, which I really do as someone who I, I think I like kind of dangerously over-empathize. I will say I dangerously over-empathize with people to the point where I empathize with them for hurting me. I empathize with mm. them for disappointing me. Um, it makes me just sad to see them be so mean to me. Like that's what I get into in relationships. Yeah. And um, the focus, the focus there that I had to learn my, I'm still learning my way out of is like, I'm focused on their intention and intention does matter for a lot of things. And at a certain point, it doesn't like, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean you wish them ill. Um, but it still has effects on how you're feeling every day. Yeah. I, I, I really relate to that of like, oh, but I know that he's not a bad person. I know that he has love. Don't for mean me. I have to I fuck know, him. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that if he is behaving this way it's because of xyz things it's like yes and also you can say that for every person on earth you can say that for every person yes that doesn't mean you should be in a relationship like exactly you could say that for anyone just because you can understand why they're doing something or where they're coming from or you can understand that they are a good person and also doing this bad thing because like you know that exists all the time um it doesn't mean that it's a it's a thing you have to stick around for. It doesn't mean it's a thing you have to endure. Yeah. I think that's so hard. Obviously, if you're in the position, you love this person and it kind of sucks that you have to choose between, it feels like, I guess you have to choose between like wanting to stand by and support probably the person you love most on earth. Mm -hmm. And, um, like wanting to be okay. Like how, why are those the choices? It sucks that it does. Those are the choices I've, I've broken up with people, you know, that I still love. You have to decide what you're willing to work on and what you're willing to be patient about and what you see that when you are working on it and when you are patient about it, there's like a return on that investment in a way. Um, versus not. You know, I I'm very I'm a strong believer in nothing's perfect and that like there's no person that is like perfectly made for me Agreed. and that Agreed. right when we come to a relationship with each other, it's going to be like all the puzzle pieces fit together. No, such a dangerous narrative. It's not the way it works. And we don't apply that to friends. We don't apply that to any anyone other in human. our lives. We, that doesn't apply to any other relationship in life. Anything. You expect that you're working through things with people. Yes, go on. Sorry. Yeah, 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 totally. But that makes it really complicated. That makes it even harder. I wish I could give a clear shortcut that's like, oh, if it's this way, you're done. And if it's this way... It doesn't work like that. The things I wrote down were just like other things that were revelatory to me that I remembered, including like love is not nearly enough. Love is not enough. Love is not enough. I am still, I still get it tattooed. I would say I'm like still in love with my ex and we will not be together. Love is not nearly enough. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's definitely not. 
that's a really freeing realization, actually. I think that people might hear that and be kind of like sad, like a, a hopeless romantic out there would hear that and be heartbroken that we're saying that and maybe fervently disagree with us. And you're welcome to disagree with anything we're saying, by the way. Yeah. But um, I I totally agree that it's not enough. And I think once I realized that, once I had my first big heartbreak, the the big love that ended, uh, and I realized love was not nearly enough in that relationship, it has set me free to actually feel empowered to look for all the other things that I want. Love yeah. is almost almost the easy thing like it's not because I know that it's so hard to find somebody who you feel that deeply for I know I've been in the dating world like I get it but once you find somebody like that's the next thing that comes is those types of feelings and that type of sweetness and care and like understanding of each other the harder thing is how do all these other puzzle pieces come in the come rest together of your life the rest of your life yeah, if it's making you feel like you can love someone and also like feel terrible day to day. Yep. And I feel like I've just watched enough, like most marriages that I grew up with as examples, most marriages were marriages I never want to be a part of. Mm. Most of them, I, I feel hard pressed. Like I can maybe think of two couples that I'm like, they seem well, they seem supportive of each other. They seem like they're growing. And I don't know. I think maybe I can think of two. I also, I'm going to throw out, I stumbled out of this guy on YouTube, Steven Speaks. I just started watching him. He had really amazing things to say about relationships. I appreciated it. Mm. If you want to check him out. And he named something that I feel like is related here, I swear, which was that like women as a generalization, broad stroke generalization, a lot of us idolize this like um, romantic idea of the one of like trying to find the one. Um, but if that was true, if we actually, if that was a true belief, then we would hold out more mm -hmm. for like, not I'm speaking for myself. Cause I've settled for many unhappy relationships. So like, if you actually believe in the one, then don't settle for a relationship where you're unhappy most days. I don't know. That's an interesting, that's interesting. I can appreciate where that's coming from. I'm also someone that doesn't believe in the one same, and it same, kind of same. makes me squirm um, to like perpetuate that idea. But if that, if that I helps, understand what you're saying. if that helps somebody, then it helps somebody. Not the one, but just the idea of like, there's going to be a relationship that I feel great in. Cool. Then. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, oh, I'm talking yeah. to myself here. Like don't stay in the one that feels bad day in and day out. I think it's also similar to like, advice for quitting jobs like um I don't know like do you do you feel terrible more days than you feel great I I literally felt like in my last relationship I could break down the percentages I felt like it'd be like we'd have two great weeks and then we'd have like two bad weeks that is not a good ratio that's not a good ratio that is nope. a bad ratio yep like <laughs> It should not be 50-50. <laughs> That's a nice way to actually make it more quantifiable. Um, the other thing with that, another like thing to notice, like a trigger that I remember in my relationship from several years ago is like I stopped. That was a relationship that I was in for five years and I was envisioning a future with that partner. And that's at the time what I was oh. looking for through oh. being in that relationship. Yeah. And at some point in that last year, I remember waking up one morning and 
people describe this thing of like waking up and not being in love anymore. I never experienced that. I still loved the guy, but I do remember waking up and not being able to envision a future anymore. Like I had been able to prior and all of a sudden I couldn't. And I don't, it, it wasn't after a specific thing happened. I don't think it was after several unhappy weeks, but not like a major event that took place. Um, And I just remember that switch flipped in my head and I couldn't envision it anymore. And if you're in your relationship for a future and you're in a relationship where you can see that or have been able to see that, but can no longer, there's a great tip for you. You know, I stuck it out. And of course I stuck it out. I was still there for several months and he ended up being the one to break up with me. So like, just because I had that realization in that moment didn't mean that I took action. But now looking back on it, I do remember that. And it's something that, that was meaningful that stuck with me and could could be a trigger for somebody else that makes them realize. Oh, my God. Okay. You and I are so different, Jess, in this way. We're really? so different. Because I immediately, 100% that is valid. And for me, I feel like the problem was that I was completely living in the future. And mm. I almost wanted to call that out as like, um, I, I, I was staying in it because I was like, but it's going to be so fun when we have a family, but it's going to be, I can totally see how this person's going to be a great father. I can totally see how our life is going to be good when something in the future happens. And I was living in a relationship that only existed in the future. Oh, totally. Um, so, so was me, I. That was a big pit. That was actually a big trap. You cannot be living for the way it's going to be mm. in the future. Yes. Oh, I agree. And I was doing that too. But there came a day when I couldn't even see that imagined future anymore. Yes. I hear, I hear but that. I had been doing that for quite some time. I was with this person because of the potential that I invented. There's a Ariana Grande song that talks about this. I think it's called In My Head. And that album came out like right when this breakup happened for me and it was transformative. I think it I think it's on Thank You Next and the song is called In My Head and it's all about the version of this person that she's invented in her yes! head. Oh, and like yes. how she's dating the potential. She's she's dating and and there's a lyric that I love. Completely insane idea, by the way. Completely you, insane idea. If you're not happy today with this person, you're not gonna be happy next year with this person and five years from now. I think Michelle Obama said something about dating like Obama for his potential. Okay. There are exceptions. There are exceptions you got lucky. to every rule. You yeah. Got lucky. So, uh. mm-hmm. And the song goes on to talk about when they did eventually break up. It's like, boy, I invented you. Gucci tennis shoes running through your issues. She's like, I dated you for your potential. I made you what you are because I was trying to turn you into what I thought you could be for me. You ended up leaving me. And now you're like out being this better version of yourself that I basically created. And I don't even get to be part of it. Like, don't waste your energy and your effort and your investment and your love and yourself on somebody's potential it's just it's not it's imaginary it's in your head it's imaginary we don't make other people yeah i don't know it's like it's a kooky thing to do the steven speaks guy again that i was watching the other day he actually talked about the potential thing and he was like just because some people win the lottery doesn't mean that's a good investment to make like some people will date for the potential and it will work out in their favor that doesn't mean it's a wise investment don't look at the exceptions all the time Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I love that. I love thinking about these things as investments because it is, it's an investment of yourself. What better, what more important investment is there? Exactly. The biggest investment you could be making. Um, Let's go to the next bit. Let's say you, what we just talked you through made you decide it's time to get out. You're leaving. Or maybe you got broken up with. That's that's fine. That happens. Often what happens is what we just described of like, you've still felt all these feelings and, and you, you stayed know that you them. should probably leave, but you stayed anyway because that's, you know, we're emotional creatures and we're comfortable creatures and it's just how it fucking works. But let's say the breakup happens. How do you heal? What's it look like day one, day 10, month three? I think a lot of people have different approaches. I think that- mm-hmm. It often depends on what kind of relationship it was. How serious was it? Were you in love or was it more of a situationship? A lot of people asked about that. But what's your process? People asked about the hoe phase. Caroline, yeah, tell me what you what you tend to do. I would say I don't think there's a right answer for hoe phase or anything. I think it's important to identify if you have like one coping mechanism that you're clinging to. I think there's values to all of them. Do the hoe phase if it feels fun do, but just make sure that's not the only thing you're doing. You Mm -hmm. probably also need to mix in the alone time, the reflective time, the time where there's space to be mourning. You are mourning the friend time, the solitary time, the active time, the social time, the reclusive time. Like I would just make sure that you're not, if you're just doing one thing, it's probably a way of avoiding. So I don't think there's a right or wrong, but I would just like make sure you're not just doing the one thing. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I remember when I was going through my breakup, somebody who was a new friend at the time didn't know me that well, but her asking me this made us immediately closer. She like pulled me aside. She knew I was going through this breakup and she was like, are you taking enough time to, to heal? Like just to be alone and heal. Mm. And I really appreciated that. It made me stop and think because what I had done was maybe for the first two weeks, I was just crying in bed and didn't do anything. And then after that, I made myself very busy. I filled up my days. I immersed myself in work. I signed up for every possible workout event and social thing and said yes to everything. And don't get me wrong. That's a really good thing to do. And I was having a lot of variety in it, but it got to a point where I was like out more than I was in. And I was with other people distracting myself more than I was looking inward. And eventually it catches up with you. Eventually those thoughts and the processing you have to do will find you and you will have to deal with it. It, Yeah. You're just dragging it out. It sits there and waits for you. Yeah. So, so true. I do think it's really important to, yeah, to allow time for that, but it's also really healing to reinvest in your social life, your friends. Like if you've lost touch, we talked about this a little bit last week of like those relationships that isolate you. Um, I do think like after a breakup, hopefully you don't lose touch with your people during the relationship. That's a priority for me whenever I'm in a relationship is like, I will stay invested in my most important relationships. But that being said, it can happen. And so reconnecting with the people in your life and remembering how much love there is around you and how many people you have to go to. I hope that for everyone that's listening, that you have that. Also reconnecting with yourself, also like meeting new people, like you got to fill up your life, but you also have to leave time for the processing and the sadness and the alone time. It's a, it's a fine balance and you, you can't put it off. 
That's what I mean when I say fill up with a variety. I don't mean like a variety of extracurricular activities. I mean like one of your extracurriculars is being very depressed and feeling whatever you're feeling and being very alone. I would say most of my like healing period time is very solitary. It's mostly solitary because the biggest thing is like you're grieving. It's grief. It's grief. It's not like grief. It is grief. It is Mm -hmm. grief. Grief exists in places outside of a funeral home and exists outside of human relationships. It can exist for a career, for a dream, for an idea of your future. It is grief. And I'm not saying that all of these are the same grief. They're obviously different. I'm not comparing one or the other, but it is grief. And the biggest thing that helped me actually was consuming materials about dealing with grief and the stages of grief. Yeah. You'll it's the it is it was word for word the roller coaster of it how there's like not even that many stages you're constantly cycling through. Yeah. Um reading about grief helped me a lot and helped actually give structure to something that felt completely unstructured and like no one's ever been through this before they have and there's actually books written on it. Yeah, as you were saying that I was pulling up the best book that I have read on this that I recommend to anyone going through loss, whether it's a breakup, it's a death, a close death, something different. Um, it's called Option B. It's very popular. Like I'm sure people have heard about it. It's by Sheryl Sandberg. She is an executive, or I guess at this point, a former executive at Google and a lot of big tech companies, like a woman, a, a girl boss. Um, and she lost her husband tragically and suddenly and wrote this book like a few years later on how she dealt with that grief, what to do for people in your life who are going through grief. Like a lot of the things I took from option B are about how to support my friends when they're going through a breakup or some other type of loss. Yeah. There's so much good advice in that book. So I would recommend I gotta it read that. to anybody. I read it's that. very, very good. It's actually, I think also the, um, like the foreword or something is written by Adam Grant, our favorite guy. Uh, so oh, it's, him. it's a very good one. That's my recommendation. I immediately feel like I feel like I have to do so many disclaimers when comparing, I think grief immediately people are like, it's not like somebody dying and I'm not saying they're the same thing, but also I just stop, stop the comparison. I, I don't know. I feel like what's the right disclaimer to say here. I don't know, but I find the I disclaimer also unnecessary. Yeah. I find it annoying. Listen, my therapist when I was going through my major breakup, told me this is grief. This is loss. It is the same. That doesn't mean it's actually the same. It doesn't mean every single part of it is the same. It doesn't mean literally it's the same. It's not a one-to-one comparison, but it is a very similar set of feelings and a similar type of processing that has to take place. And you're going to experience grief and loss in your life over and over. Unfortunately, we all are, whether it's breakups or deaths. There's a lot of things that go on where something that we loved is all of a sudden gone. So it's not about like a one-to-one comparison ever. We're not saying that ever, but it is grief. I think you articulated well, like it's not, we're not saying the events are the same, but the processing that you have to do will have um, similar steps. Yeah. The way out is through. You don't get to just go frolic immediately. Just be down about it for a little bit. That is actually the fastest way through it. 
Yeah, it is. And this actually reminds me a little bit of a shift, but similar. Um, Reminds me of another point that I know I have dealt with and a lot of my friends actually going through breakups as we speak are dealing with it, um, Mm. where it's like, I'm feeling so depressed and so heartbroken and like, I can't get out of bed in the morning, but what is my partner, my ex feeling now? Are they going through the same thing or are they just Uh. moving on? I think that's a really interesting thing to just touch on because a lot of times like the person who did the breaking up, let's say it was a situation like that. Let's say it was a guy who broke up with a girl. Maybe he had been thinking about this for a little while. He had already kind of started his processing of this relationship is coming to an end. And maybe the girl less so had that processing and was a little more, if not blindsided, at least like didn't know it was happening right then and there. And so that leaves these two people off on their own again and in kind of different headspaces and wondering, often wondering what the other one is going through while there's a breakup happening and not being able, and we'll get to that, not being able to have contact, but we'll get to that piece. Um, (laughs) So what I have always believed, and somebody told me this when I was going through my big breakup and it helped me a lot, was like, even if he, to use the example I was just giving we know it's he or she we're just talking about our own relationships he or she want to be inclusive but also yeah I'm talking about my personal experience yeah yeah even if he is off going out and partying and having fun and having a hoe phase and whatever what I said before is still true the feelings and the stuff that needs to be processed is still there waiting for him a lot of the times the one that does the breaking up and in this situation, the man puts off processing because men and women do process differently and at different speeds and times and whatever, but it'll hit them like six months later, three months oh, later, yeah. whatever. Oh yeah, I hear and about it hit- eight months later. Exactly. And you're already through it. You've already oh, yeah. done the processing. You've already made it through and you're starting to do better. And guess what? That's when they reach out to you and they're like, oh, I miss you, whatever. Cause they immediately after the breakup, did whatever the fuck they wanted and enjoyed their new to freedom. To not feel lonely in that moment. Yep. And so the feelings are just waiting on the other end. You're so Exactly. Right. So that's a really actually helpful thing. Like I hate to encourage people to really be thinking a lot about what is he doing and this, that, the other. But I know that it's a natural question you're going to ask yourself and a feeling you're going to have. And so that's my response. Like you are doing the hard thing and the better right thing by going through it at the pace you need to go through it and when you need to go through it and not putting it off. And a lot of times they are not doing the same thing. And you're actually, by get going through it, what Caroline said is exactly right. You're doing the faster thing It is literally faster. The options yeah. are this. When you're worrying about what are they feeling, what are they experiencing, the options are this. Either they really, really cared about you and they are fucking destroyed and either they're dealing with it or they're running from it. Either way, they're going to have to deal with it at some point. You do not get to care about someone, really care about someone. And you can break up with someone while really caring about them. You don't get to really care about someone and then break up and then be fine and never deal with it. It's it's there somewhere. Or they never cared about you. And, and that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. they did, God bless us for being broken up. Like these are the only options. Either they really did care about you and they're going to fucking suffer today or next month. Or maybe they never did. Like, I, I've certainly been with people who didn't care about me. And that is heartbreaking. And you got to ask, like, why is that heartbreaking? Well, like, I, 
I don't want to be with that person then. Like it's heartbreaking because I've made it mean something about me because I, mm. it, it doesn't mean anything. It just means you shouldn't be with that person. These are the only options. I think there's a lot of like, that's a really difficult thing to get over though, because if you are heartbroken and that person didn't care about you, then you're almost more hard on yourself of like, I'm going through this and they didn't give a shit. But you know what? It doesn't matter what they're doing. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if they cared about you or not. Either way, the thing that happened is the same. The breakup happened. So telling yourself, oh, he never cared about me. It's not productive. It doesn't matter. He's, you can, why don't you just tell yourself that he did? Like, that's so true. You're never going to actually know. Just tell yourself the thing that's going to help you feel okay to do the processing that you need to do. I will always assume the worst. I will always assume the worst. And it's a natural, I mean, I'm not saying that I do this perfectly. I'm not saying I don't have all of those same thoughts, but I am saying like, there's a way to flip it. And just something that I always do in these situations is like, remind myself of the facts. Mm. Your mind goes a million different places and like invents new facts, invents new things, new ideas of like what was happening, what could have been happening, what's happening now, what's he thinking or not thinking or doing or not doing. None of these things are actually things you know for sure. Remind yourself of the facts. Remind yourself of the things that definitely happened. And so good. Try to whenever you're going crazy, like go back to that list and be like, okay, we broke up and this is what he said to me during that breakup. And that is what I said. And now we decided we're not talking and that's it. Those are the facts. (laughs) That is the only thing I know. Just such a good call out. Know that when you're in a breakup, you are temporarily mentally insane. It's clinical. You are, you are insane right now. Your thoughts are not working. They're not working and they're not helping you yep. and you are making stuff up. They're not, they're to, not be to be trusted. You are insane for a, a period of time. Yeah. Just know that. Yeah. Let yourself, let yourself be, but also give yourself tools to like remind yourself, oh, I'm insane. Like just remind yourself, oh, I'm going insane. Like it's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going okay. Insane. Let's talk about the next thing. Yeah. Which is <laughs> you yeah, you're you're doing a really good job of keeping us on pace. I'm sorry. Thank you. Let's keep going. You're killing it. You're I mean, killing there's so it. fucking much. We could talk about this for like we could have like five a series of five episodes on this, and we would never scratch the surface. Yeah, I've yes, I've been screaming. I've literally been screaming for an hour and a half. Already. The next thing that I alluded to already is <laughs> communication post breakup, dealing with cutting them out of your life, or figuring out are we going to keep in touch. Should we communicate through this breakup? Are we going to be friends? Should I text on their birthday? There are two schools of thought. And I do think, to be fair. Are there? I didn't even know there were two schools of thought. I thought there's only one obvious answer. Oh, girl. I mean, I agree that there's only one obvious answer, but I know that people mess this up all the time. What the fuck is the other school of thought? People don't do it all the time. Everybody kind of like logically knows I need to like cut them out and put up a wall and like have some space from this but do people actually do it oh but it's easier said than done i certainly didn't yeah i certainly don't exactly that's the way that you and your ex got back together and on and off a hundred times yeah like that doesn't happen if there wasn't communication obviously (laughs) that's true that's true good point i mean there's a difference between communication like immediately after versus like a few months after you know i definitely think there's times when yeah another conversation is needed um after everybody's had some space 
maybe we need to like follow up and get some closure on some things or whatever. Like I'm, uh, there's never a one size fits all, but I am of a firm belief that after a breakup immediately after you must have space. And that is a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. It's impossible. You're so correct. You're so correct. And did I do it once? No, but you are so correct. <laughs> correct. Will, are you good at executing that? Cause it's so the, the tricky thing is like, first of all, there's the emotional component, but I want to say like in the eighties, this wasn't as hard because we didn't have fucking texting. We didn't have text. We didn't have Instagram. We have all these things like you could break up with someone and like not know if they were dead or not. Like that was an option, but now we have to be continually inundated with the exit with someone else's existence. It's infuriating and it makes it so much harder. You have to continually keep choosing you do not to expose yourself to that person. So how do you, I how do you do it? I happen to be good at this. I know that that is not, I know that that's like a weird thing. Um, so I'm not saying that like other people are wrong for having a hard time with this, but I will give you my, I guess, tips or like the way that I approach that. I just know that I, I just, I don't know. I have such an assuredness in these situations that I need space and that I don't want, if you broke up with me, then I don't want you here. I don't, <laughs> like, what are we, what are we saying? Let's fucking be honest remind yourself of the facts that's what it comes back to it's like if this ended it ended for a reason and especially if i'm not the one that did the breaking up um those are facts on a piece of paper that i can remind myself of and be like that person didn't want me so why am i going to reach out to them why am i going to talk to them i think a lot of people have a tendency to want to like that's the only person that's really going to understand what they're going through and they almost want to like process it together yes ironically poetically yes it is the only person who understands you can't do it together so what i do is first of all the mute function on instagram is a gift from god mute their stories <laughs> someone was someone was going through a breakup when they made the mute function because i understand not wanting to unfriend them not wanting to block them like it's somebody that was in your life for a long time that might seem a little bit petty to you by the way if you do want to do those things fucking go for it but if it feels too like too much of a barrier to you muting them is a great thing next a good trick is that's the person that you were like texting all the time communicating with all the time who do i send these memes to who do i send my random thoughts all these memes the memes i mean <laughs> what am i gonna do with these fucking tiktoks now it's like it's dumb but that's what just watch them and let them go into the ether <laughs> you can't it sounds dumb but that's like a hold up a hang up for a lot of people is like where do i put these random thoughts throughout my day who do i send the memes to identify a friend because that's what a relationship is it's the tiny it's somebody thoughts. who cares yeah. enough about like what you fucking had as a snack today nobody else really cares about that guess what <laughs> gives a shit identify a friend Who's going to be that friend for you? And what I do for my friends when they're going through breakups. <laughs> look at this. Look at what I, I ate. This is such a pillar of having me as a friend in your life. If you are going through a breakup, I will say to you, I am the person that you send every fucking thought to. Yes, you're so Send good. your text. Send your random text to me. Send the random memes to me. Send, uh, 
any any time that you have the craving to text that person, text me instead. Oh my God, give them your number, Jess. Give the people your number. You're an angel. You this know what? Y'all can DM an me. I don't care. I'll, like DM me if you have a random. Thought. Do not DM me. I, don't know. Do Caroline doesn't want this. I'm happy to. This is like this is something I can offer the world. It makes me feel good. If you need somewhere to put the random ass thoughts send them to me. So I really think that these are the little day-to-day like gaps that we feel that start to make it impossible not to reach out to that person. And so you have to have like a strategy in order to get through that. And that's, that's one of my, that's one of my things. So, so actionable. Thank you. So So what, but tell me more about like the other side of it, of like dealing with cutting them out and then deciding to reach out. Like, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this no contact versus some contact topic? Or what's your experience? Because I think your thoughts are like, yeah, don't do it. But your experience might be a lot different. I actually, I will say I really don't reach out to people. I do not. It doesn't matter how heartbroken I am. I One thing I, I have never understood, and I know a lot of people feel differently, but I've just never, ever felt like I've never wanted to convince someone to date me. Yeah. I have never, I don't understand. I don't, that I don't understand. I don't understand wanting to convince someone. Even I've, I have felt like you're wrong about us, which is also a crazy idea. I have felt like you don't understand, like we could work through this. I mean, I guess I have had those conversations. Um, but I, I think it's like, you should not ever have to convince someone to want to keep working on things. If like that is already it's a lost cause that already kind of means it's done. Yes. Um, so I have, I really don't reach out to people. I've had exes who they do the reaching out and it's hard for me to not reply. But the one thing like that I think is important to know about the contact being in contact even when you're processing and that's the only other person who understands that contact after a breakup, even if you guys are like fighting, even if you're disagreeing, it's a way of holding on to the relationship. And what's so painful about a breakup is that you're literally, you're, you're not literally, I forgot what the word literally meant, but you're metaphorically untethering. You are untethering in a relationship. You've spent all this time sewing yourselves together mm. and now you are ripping out the threads one at a time in big ways and in petty ways like I don't have anyone to send this meme to but you're ripping out the threads one at a time and being in contact is just another way of staying attached it is you 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 don't delude yourself about it it is a even if you're both talking about how you're dealing with the breakup it's now this thing you're in it together it's a new way of being together we're in the breakup together it's a different relationship and every time just know that like and we all do it. I've literally went back with someone seven times. So when I'm getting emphatic about this, I'm not judging you. I'm yelling at my past self. Okay. Mm-hmm. When like any work that I would do to stay out of contact and the healing that would happen and the ripping out of those threads, once you re-engage, you're sewing it back in. And that's more you have to rip out, like do it. And it'll happen. Cause it's so hard not to these days, but like know that it's more you're going to have to rip out. That is exactly the right point. Yes. You're going to be on a high. You're going to have a little text conversation with them. A couple weeks after you broke up, you really had the urge to reach out to them and you did it and they responded and you had a little back and forth and you're going to feel a fucking high from that. You're going to be like, oh my God, 
we talked a little bit. I feel so much better. And we got each other. We feel so close and we're both on the same page. It's literally a drug. You just did the drug again. Yes, you feel good. It's a relapse. I bet the drug feels good. I agree for right now. You're going to crash even harder after that. I'm literally on drugs while I'm saying this. <laughs> I just remembered that I'm literally on drugs right now. I almost anyway, forgot. You're doing great. Thank you. Okay, keep going. <laughs> um <laughs> Yes, exactly. You're going to crash even harder after that. And once a couple days pass and the reality starts to set in again, oh gosh, we're not talking. We did break up. Like everything starts to settle. The dust settles after that communication. You're going to feel just as bad as you did before, if not worse. You're just digging yourself further in the hole instead of digging yourself out of it. I feel so strongly about this. I am like so hard on my my friends about it. Um, it's from it's out of love. It's not out of judgment. Like like Caroline said earlier. Like yeah, no judgment. It's a fucking hard thing to do to keep yourself from reaching out to that person. Oh, it's so hard. But I want what's best for you. Everybody, DM me. Okay. Yeah, DM Jess. I'll say another thing that helped me is I do like a kind of micro journaling, um, which can literally be, it's not like a full fleshed out journaling, but I'll have like a page in my notes app or something where I would just, this really helped me in breakups. I would just be like Monday, 10 AM. I'm feeling like total trash. I cannot get out of bed. What is the point? I do not want to work. I do not want to see people. I do not even want to feel better. I just want to feel worse. Like that kind of feeling. And then I would write like Monday, 4 PM. Maybe you're feeling like a two out of 10 then. And then, you know, Tuesday afternoon, you're feeling like a four out of 10. And then Tuesday evening, you're back to a zero out of 10. And it helps to, it doesn't, it helped me to just track the variation in your moods and it doesn't alleviate the negative feeling, but it alleviates the fear that this is going to be forever, that this is going to be the rest of my life. Cause it's just not. And once you start tracking it with yourself, you can see the trends in over time, how your lowest low gets a little bit higher. And you can also see when you're in a really bad moment, you can look back at your own notes and factually know this feeling, the lowest low I've ever felt has never lasted for more than like two days or eight hours. Like I will set a timer and I'm like, I know I kind of want to murder and like, there's just no hope. And I'm going to set a timer for four hours and chances are I'm going to feel slightly different in four hours. So do like the micro journaling. Yeah. I don't know. It's like facts and stats and metrics that you can in, in like a very nebulous time. And it's it's from you. It's not someone else telling you how it's going to be. You can look back at your own week and be like, I felt all these things in just one week. It's going to keep changing. And that is very comforting, I find. Yeah, I really like that advice. And I like that you gave like a structure to put it in and a very simple structure at that because it is it can be daunting for somebody that's not a journaler to be like, okay, journal, but how? So making it really small and approachable is so key. Um, rank a feeling, just do a number. Yeah. yeah. My sister got me this journal when I was going through my big breakup called the five minute journal. Ooh. And you can literally get it on Amazon. You can order it online. You can it's... literally get it on Amazon. Literally. literally um, that was fucking dumb. <laughs> it's an amazing, it's an amazing journal. It's one page a day in the morning. You write three things you're grateful for three things that would make today great and a daily affirmation. And then at night you come back to it and write three things that happened today. Amazing things that happened today. And what could have made my day even better? That sounds like a lot of things, but it's literally one page, literally. 
And if you even did like one of those in the morning, what you're grateful for. And at night, things that happened that were good today. And it's crazy because I'm looking at it now and I, I've stopped using it, but I was using it every single day um, in the winter of 2019 when I was going through my breakup and I'm like looking back at it now and it's, it's depressing, but it's, um, <laughs> but it's, it's depressing. Why? Because of the things you were sad about or because of the things you were happy about? I mean, listen, some days, all <laughs> I could read, say, can you read it? Some don't days, read it, don't all read it, I could read. say is I am grateful for the sun, my bed, food. Sometimes that's <laughs> like, it. Oh, that breaks my heart. Sometimes, sometimes all that's that you, you have can to focus list on. Yeah. is the bare necessities, but you still listed them. You still wrote them down. That's when you need the journal the most. That's the only time you need the journal. Good for you. Yep. A plus. Exactly. A plus. And, and at, at night under the part that says, how could I have made today even better? I wrote an X, like this question is not valid. <laughs> and, and I said, Today was up and down, and that's normal. <laughs> like, fuck you, journal. <laughs> Fucking journal. <laughs> you don't fucking know my life. But I'll still write in you. I'll still write in you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still I'll still see you tomorrow. Um <laughs> yes. Okay. So the last part that I find really interesting is this distinction between I think what we've been talking mostly about is like the end of a really serious relationship where there was love and you saw a future and you were together for a long time and probably the majority of people who are seeking like advice on getting through a breakup are dealing with that kind of situation but I do think that there is something really unique about getting over somebody that you were kind of not really dating or like you just spent a couple months with or you're in a situation ship with it's a special kind of special hell yeah Things work differently. What we just talked about, some of it is true of that situation. Like I do think having no contact after ending something like that, still helpful. Um, letting yourself feel whatever you feel, going through the emotions instead of avoiding them, still helpful. But it's a little bit different because it's like, it's a different kind of grief. It's like almost saying goodbye to something that you never really got to see. People might belittle it in your friend group and kind of be like oh yeah but you'll bounce back but if you feel you feel what you feel you know if you feel heartbroken from a two-monther like I referred to it last time I mean two months I've referred I've been heartbroken from a two-monther because it is letting go of that potential it's like I never even got to see what spending a year with this person would be like I never even got to see what being in love with this person would be like I had a lot of dreams of the fact that like yeah those things oh, might happen the dreams the dreams all You're the dreams processing the death of a dream it's the death of the dream the death of a future the death of hope like those aren't small things I'm did I'm literally going through this right yeah. now I was like are you gonna well, I haven't talked about, about it, talk about it? Uh, yeah yeah I haven't, I'm not going to go into depth sure. on it on the pod or maybe in a different episode, but I've talked about not Steve. I have ended it with not Steve. Um, and it was heartbreaking, like, because I ultimately ended it because I, I had feelings for him and I didn't feel like he was matching me there. And so I, I did end things, but kind of out of heartbreak of being like, I'm not going to keep spending time with someone who I know is, I'm going to feel sad because we're, we're just not matching up in the right ways. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's just a neutral thing. Um, anyway, I'm processing this now. 
after also having processed um, intense breakup relationships, and I would say they're not the same, but I had been walking around my apartment being like, I actually haven't felt lonely once since my since my breakup of my six year boyfriend. I haven't felt lonely one time actually, and that's probably because we we did the breakup seven times, so I was pretty used to it. Um, and it was so important for me at that point. It was really important for me to do. I was just so ready to be moved on. But um, this breakup with a dude that I met two or three months ago for the first time I'm walking around my apartment and it feels sad. Yeah. And it feels like my bedroom actually feels lonely. Like I, I, I'm like, God damn it. Like my bedroom was great before. Like, it's like, I'm, I'm sad in here right now. I can't believe that. Like, I'm like pissed. I'm like, I was having a good time here. Right. <laughs> and now it feels sad walking around. So there's like, there's a different kind of processing happening there. I'm not saying anything. I'm just trying to validate. I'm trying to validate my own fucking feelings. No, I think it's, I think it's extremely validating to hear you talk about that because I think a lot of the time people are made to feel crazy for feeling that way after a short relationship, after something that wasn't like this big love story that ended dramatically. And it's like, no, that it's still a person that you spent different. intimate time with and that filled some sort of like need for you. Um, something that a friend told me going through a breakup at some point that's really helped me. It's such a simple statement. And I'm going to say it. It's going to sound so obvious. But I repeat it to myself and repeat it to my friends no matter the level of breakup because I think it applies to all of them. Like it was right for the time. Mm. Um, this person – did something for you in that time, D did something to make your life a little bit better, I would think, um, for the time that, that, they, that they were meant to, that they were able to, and that, that you let them. And so it is really hard to let go of something like that, even if you know it's the best choice, even if you're the one that made the decision, um, even if it wasn't a deep love and a, a long story, it's still something that was right for the time. And you're now kind of you're turning a page in the book. It's it's not that time anymore. It's a new time. I think that's nice because it's paying it's paying like respect almost to the thing that it was. You don't have to say, oh, but it wasn't a relationship or, oh, but it's not a death or, oh, but it was only a month. Like just pay respect to the thing that it was. Yeah, that's nice. I don't, yeah, I love that. When you're feeling really down and really crushed by it, especially a situationship, um, I think it's important to ask like, what am I telling myself that this means about me? That's probably where the hurt and the real pain is coming from. They broke up with me or this situation didn't work out or this is gone now. And that means I'm unlovable. And that means I'll never have it. And that means they never liked me. And that means something it's like, I think most of the pain in that moment is usually like a narrative you're writing about the bigger meaning or about yourself or like something painful, um, as opposed to like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that's the thing that you can look back on later and be like, the pain was real, but the way I made it this greater, terrible story about who I am and and what I can look forward to the rest of my life that was made up that was so beautifully put spot on no notes <laughs> <laughs> she's special too she's special I feel like there comes this point where yeah you no longer are telling yourself that that 
breakup meant that you are not worthy of love or that you'll never find someone again. Or, you know, one of the really big daunting things is like, oh my, I'm single again. Like I have to fucking do this all over again. <laughs> that is a whole other topic, but I have a lot to say about Join it. Join the too. club, dude. So yeah, it'll, I think if people are interested in an episode about like that feeling and like how to put yourself back out there. I feel like there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. A little more, it's a little more um, upbeat. I have no answers for that. I. It's not even, it's not even answers, but like, I think there are ways to spin that and get. No, I know. Attitude, get get the attitude the attitude positive. ready for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got attitude. Okay, yeah, I love that. Jess, I'm tuning in for Thank that. Thank you. One. Okay, yeah, I'll just like, um, I'll just give a TED talk and Caroline will watch. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I will just absorb. Yeah, I actually do feel like with breakups, I, because I've been through so many chronically, most of them with the same person, but also um, actually the seven breakups with this person were not the most painful breakups in my life. The most mm. painful breakups were when my first love, which that's usually the case. Yeah. Um, and those were like, they were like traumatizing breakups. I just feel like I've been through so many. I'm so passionate on the topic. I am too. And the dating part, I haven't figured that out. Like how to be with people. I haven't fucking figured that shit out yet. <laughs> right. I mean, me neither. Just because I'm in a relationship now doesn't mean that I've figured that out um girl tell me what your closing segment is give it to me give it to me straight okay so on the note of coming out of a situationship I just had this thought the other day dude I'm ready to not have sex ever again I, I don't like I'm I do not first of all let me lay it out first of fucking all I I I am so good at having sex with myself. No one's better. I am so good. I I don't need any help. It's never better than when I'm with me. I'm the best. I don't need them for this. I don't need them for this. Um, I just, just like name a reason, like name me a reason that I am letting these people like into my life (laughs) why why am I doing it I don't know I don't need them for this I'm having a great time like I I the cuddling I love cuddling I need cuddling that is not sex we can cuddle we can cuddle I am sick of like trying to figure out if people are using me for sex and Mm. I I do feel like often they are and we're not even using not even in like a like they just it's just like we want different things yeah and i and i want to be loved and they want to finish like these <laughs> they it it becomes difficult i just i think i'm like re- i'm ready to just like be celibate i really am and not yeah. even in like a negative way i'm just like my goal is to find somebody who is like really jazzed by me as a person and and then and then maybe then we'll figure out sex later like I don't know I don't yes. name a reason name a reason why I should have sex with people I don't want to okay I don't want to I don't want I'm to. obsessed with this I'm obsessed with this so just the fact that I love that you said nobody can do it better than you like like snaps go off queen like I cannot get enough of you saying that I'm gonna Thank make you. it my fucking alarm clock <laughs> sex with me i know you are baby i know i know let me watch no um (laughs) (laughs) too much too much okay i feel like this was so full of life (laughs) so so full of tidbits 
that's it. That's all we have today. I mean, it's a lot. It's long. Yeah. Don't let us keep going. We'll never stop talking. We'll never stop. We have so many. I could say a million more things. So let's close it. Um, <gasps> my back hurts from talking. Oh, my neck, my back. I'm getting in a weird mood. I really. Yeah, it's time. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Rate us on whatever podcasting app you listen to. We really appreciate it. it means a lot. Definitely share this one. Like, I really hope that this will help a lot of people. And just even if you don't do one thing that we said in this, it's fine. You, you do whatever you're going to do. That's fine. But if it just makes you feel less alone or if it makes you feel like you had an hour and a half of something to listen to, and that meant in that hour and a half you weren't texting your ex, cool. Like, we love it. Ah, yes. That's that's all we're going for. Um, follow us at Not For Everyone Pod on Instagram. The number four in there, not number four everyone pod. What else, Caroline? You got anything to say to the people? Bitch, you aced it. I got nothing else to say, but I love you. And if you're going through a breakup, it really sucks. And that's kind of the end of the sentence, but hang in there. Hang in there. We're here for you. We'll be here next week. Talk to you soon. so good it's distracting thank you i'm getting distracted by it too your hair looks so good <laughs> <laughs>